Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Davis steps under center. Gibson and McClendon behind it. Davis with motion by Richard. will get the ball to McClendon. He leaps. Oh, he doesn't get in. He fumbled the football. Carolina holds. The game is over. And Carolina has won the game. Finley to throw. Over the middle. Intercepted. Wolfuck again. Wolfuck the other way. At the 30. The 40. Wolfuck to midfield. Miles Wolfuck with the pick. The heels on the doorstep of an enormous victory. Left side of the line. Hood standing to Williams is right. Williams going to throw. One-on-one. Davis has it. Touchdown. Carolina wins. Carolina is the Coastal Division champion. Bernard fields it at the 26. Heading to the far side. Gio at the 35. Gio, he's at the 50. No, he's not. Yes, he is. Gio, he's going to take it for a touchdown. Are you kidding me? Connor Barth. For the possible win. Snap. Spot. Kick away. High enough. Long enough. It's good! It's good! Carolina has won the game on a 42-yard field goal by freshman Connor Good gosh, dirty. This is the Heel Tough Blog Podcast. Hey guys, and welcome to another edition of the Heel Tough Blog Podcast. It's your host, Anthony Pagnata, here with you guys as always. And today it is time to shut down the position previews for the 2023 Star Heel football roster. And we've talked to you about the offense, we've talked to you about the defense, but now it's time to talk to you about the third element of this team, and that is the special teams unit, a unit that Mac Brown have been asking for his first three years on campus, please take a step forward. And they hadn't really been able to do it, but now this past year, they were able to finally take that step. And they come into this year eh, in a pretty good spot. It feels like three of the four major spots on of the special teams unit that everybody talks about, you feel pretty confident in. But there is one spot that still has some question marks about it, so we're going to talk about it here today. Josh Marlowe, of course, is with me. Uh, and, buddy, the season is right around the corner, and it seems like every year you know, we have the things that we talk about on the offense and defense, but the special teams unit always is one of those mysteries with this team, especially with some of the struggles that they've had in the kicking game. That, that just leaves you wondering what you're about to get from the special teams here. Yeah, you go back to the issues that Carolina experienced and uh, the, the regular season finale against NC State a year ago, and it was a difference between a 10-2 regular season and a 9-3 regular season. And, you, you know, there's, there's a reason why they're called special teams. Um, and there are reasons why when you look around the teams that go to the college football playoff, that play in the New Year's Six Bowl games on an annual basis, it's very rare that you find 
uh, a team that has a bad special teams unit. Even in the, even in the modern era of football, where you know offense is the name of the game, but there there's going to be games and there's going to be points in time where you need field goal kickers to do what they're put on the field to do. You're you're going to need your punters to do what they need to do. Um, and you need your coverage units to do what they need to do to, to kind of help, whether it's flip field position or, you know, get a big return no matter what it is. And Carolina has had they've, – they've found inconsistent returns uh, under Mac Brown. Um, it was one of the strengths of the program under Larry Fedora. When you had a guy like Ryan Switzer returning punts, it made his job a lot easier – but they were also pretty dynamic in the kick return game, and they were very good in the punting game in terms of not allowing a, a whole lot of punt job, a punt yardage. So um, I think this is a step where you know Carolina, with with some of the stuff they're working through this year, with they're bringing in a new offense. You don't know how explosive it's going to be with Tez Walker, uh, maybe not being on the field this year. You know the defense is always going to be an issue. If Carolina can take a major step forward as a special teams uh, unit, that could be the difference between them getting back to Charlotte or and getting back to a New Year's Six bowl game. Well, I mean, look, they really have to take a step forward in one spot, and that is the place-kicking game. And that's the spot that's the biggest question mark right now. Um, there's just no way around it. Ryan Coe, so far, the guy that they brought in from Cincinnati, been inconsistent. Um, a lot of people think that there is a chance he's not even going to be the starting kicker for this team when the season begins. Um, and that that is concerning, to say the least. Um, it, it's just been all over the place. And I don't know why. This is a guy that last year made 19 of 23 kicks. This made a lot of sense for Carolina to go out and get him. Um, you can't really criticize the staff for this one because he was so productive a year ago. Uh, but for some reason, it is just not translating so far um, for him with the Tar Heels. Now, if, if he gets it figured out here down the stretch and you know, uh, of practice and can settle in, that'd be great. But it just doesn't seem like there is anything guaranteed for Carolina at that position where they have just missed a ton of kicks. You talked about – um, you know, the struggles that they've had. I mean, you're talking about Noah Burnett, who's the other guy that would probably be the, the guy in the running to be the starter if it's not Ryan Coe. Um, he missed a field goal in three straight games to end the season. So, I mean, it, it's just this is the position group that they have or the position that they have to get figured out on special teams because the rest of the group's in solid shape. But it feels like if you don't have a place kicker, then you're going to be in, in some trouble with how many scenarios you could be faced once again with like you were faced with late last year. Yeah, no, it's, that's you mentioned you, you, you missed three straight kicks to, to end the season a year ago. And, I mean, two of those three losses were, were one possession, you know, games, one to your rival at NC State, the other one, uh, you know, you lose to Oregon in a bowl game and – you know, just just think if if those kicks go differently, how different the mood is around the team entering the year. Um, you know, you would be talking about an eleven win football team as opposed to a nine win football team, and maybe there isn't all this pressure on Mac Brown to to not fall flat on your face. And 
you know, that's that, that's why I'm at, you know, the, they're, they're called special teams because it feels like the teams that are really special in those areas, they achieve some really, some, some, some really awesome things. And the teams that aren't, are the, that aren't so special, they're typically the teams that can still have good years, but, you know, their shortcomings in that department keeps them from having, well, a special type of season. And, you know, the, this is the one thing you got to give Mac Brown credit. He hasn't been afraid to move on and, and, and get a new special teams coach in the building, um, despite keeping guys around, whether it was Dre Bly too long, Tim Cross, who's still on the roster. He didn't want to move on from Stacey Searles, the offensive line coach. This has been one area where, you know, he's been willing to make changes at to get this position correct. And, you know, part of me just wonders is is the best way to, 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 to fix this issue is just call one Larry Fedora back, get him back on campus, pay him a sum of money to coach the special teams. Because when he was doing that as Caroline said, football coach, it went, it, 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 it went okay most times. Well, I mean, the rest of the unit, I think, is in really good shape. Um I mean, last year, you got your punter. Like, Ben Kiernan last year averaged 46.8 yards per punt. Um, I mean, look, there were a couple of times where he definitely out-punted his coverage. That's something that you want him to become a little more consistent with. But in terms of the overall length of being able to flip field position, this dude, this dude's got it. He's very consistent with it. Um, you know, your snappers were both really really good you got you know drew little who's in the running for the pan manly award which is given to uh the best long snapper in the sport um so he's a guy that has not only been able to you know snap the ball well but has been able to get downfield and help you in coverage at times um you got your holder back from a year ago i know that's you know something that people don't really keep up with but having that whole group back together is always something that's a positive. Cole Maynard is, of course, the holder, backup punter as well, but uh, he is back for the group. So, uh, you know, you've got all those guys in place. And then the biggest thing that I think that they figured out towards the end of last year was the kick returner spot. I, I mean, George Petaway is your guy. Like, the, the way he returned the ball late last year, it honestly made you say to yourself, what took so long to actually get him out there? Um, now, I know he was a little banged up in, you know, camp as, as a true freshman, and uh, that may have extended a little bit into the year. But this guy, I, I mean, he's the real deal. Like, he averaged, I mean, last year he had seven kick returns and averaged 31.6 yards per return. I mean, you had the rest of your group, I mean, you had guys that were barely averaging 20 yards per return. So, I think you found your guy there, and look, if he can translate that over to the punt return game, he returned one punt last year for 16 yards. I mean, he could be your do-it-all guy back there, but even at that spot, you've got him, you've got Nate McCollum, who returned punts at Georgia Tech, and that is transferring in and was pretty solid with it there. I, I'm not going to say mind-blowing, but you know, seven punt returns a year ago, 7.9 average is not terrible. Um, it's just, you know, it's serviceable enough. And then you've got Elijah Hussey, nine punt returns a year ago, 15.3 uh, average per return. So Carolina's got a lot of really good options in that punt return room to go along with a good punter and a good return, uh, a good kick return game. I, I think the rest of that group you're probably feeling pretty good about. 
Yeah, I mean, when you look at Petaway, like the numbers really stand out to you, but you got to take them with a grain of salt because there's a small sample size there. What it shows, though, is that when the ball's in his hands, the talent is is displayed. Um, and for a guy that you don't know just how many snaps he's going to get at the running back position this year with the talent and depth that exists in that backfield, that's a chance for him to make an impact on a consistent basis, whether it's in the kick return game, whether it's in the punt return game. And, you know, make, I mean, make no mistake about it. Um, you know, that's that 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 that's a big factor because as great as a quarterback Drake May is, you would much rather work with, you know, 65, 60 yard fields as opposed to 70, 75, 80 yard fields. Um, and, and Petaway is the type of explosive returner that allows that to be to be such a thing. And um, you know. We we live in a day and time where offenses can can really score the ball the way they want to, but but field position is still a thing where you know it felt like Carolina was always on the short end of the stick of that situation a year ago when you get into those defensive type of games like the Georgia Tech second half was, like the NC State game felt with the offense being sluggish. If you have a guy that is able to make a dynamic play or two in the return game and give you a shorter field, it, when, when it's all said and done, you might not think that's the reason why you won the game, but it, 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 it can play a big role. And I think with a guy like George Petaway, for a dude who hasn't yet to make his mark as a running back, that might be where he makes his mark on the team this year is as a kickoff and a punt returner. Yeah, and, uh, you know, you look at the coverage units from a year ago. They were solid, not overly impressive. Um, the hope is that, look, you're getting a guy back in British Brooks who was the captain of your special teams, um, and you're hoping that that'll translate for him. You've also got some other guys who have been there for a while that have played a lot of reps there um, that you, you feel pretty good about. A guy like a walk-on in Jalen Brooks, um, you know, that's, again – that's, that's how British Brooks started as a walk-on. Um, and look at the impact that he's been able to make. So you've got, you know, some experienced coverage uh, units, and you're hoping that that's really going to translate this year uh, for this team. Uh, in terms of some of the other guys that are a part of the unit this year, uh, you, you do have, uh, you know, a couple of backup punters uh, that are – on the roster, Tom uh, McGinnis, who comes over from Australia, transferred in from the NAB League uh, and trained at the Pro Kick Australia uh, facility, which has produced uh, many college football guys, uh, punters. So, uh, look, I, I think he's a guy that when Carolina fans saw him coming in, they really wondered, is he going to be the guy over Ben Kiernan? No, he's not. He's the guy that's going to be – the guy after Ben Kieran, if he eventually uh, once he eventually leaves, uh, he'll he'll probably be battling Cole Maynard, who is the guy uh, that is you know also there to provide a little bit of extra depth. But as I mentioned earlier, we'll be holding for the team again this year. Uh, they Carolina does have another kicker on the roster. We mentioned Ryan Coe. We mentioned Noah Burnett, who was the kicker a year ago. Well, you got Liam Boyd, who transferred in from Clemson in the midst of. Uh, of spring camp where he was set to be in a battle to be the starter there. Um, so that's an interesting move really makes you wonder if he was struggling there. Um, but you know, who knows Carolina at this point, it, it's just 
whoever is in a rhythm at that time, you have to roll with. Uh, I think we've learned at this point that ever since Nick Weiler left campus, Carolina just does not have a consistent kicker. Grayson Atkins was probably about as close as you got. And even he had his moments where he struggled a little bit. So that's just one of the things that you have to deal with. Uh, there is one extra long snapper that is a part of the group as well. Garrett Jordan, who is a redshirt freshman. Uh, you imagine that he will probably be taking over next year for Drew Little when he ends up departing. So that is a look at your special teams unit. Make sure you guys have it on the website, HeelToughBlog.com. We have the breakdowns of every one of these position groups up there for you guys to check out. So make sure you go ahead and do that. All the updates that are coming out of fall camp and now into practice. Um, make sure that you're checking all that out on the website. And, of course, we are right around the corner from getting you ready uh, for the season opener. But before we do that, we do have uh, some articles that are going to be coming out to you guys that we want you to keep an eye out for. Bold predictions, breakout candidates for this year. Um, we're going to have that going up on the website for you guys. And then, yeah, once we get those up there, it is time to turn our full attention to the season opener against South Carolina here in Charlotte. Um, we're going to have you guys uh, ready for that, both here on the podcast and over there on the website. We'll have the recap after the game on both of those platforms as well. And the stock report will be back for this year. So make sure you guys are keeping an eye on all of that stuff as we get you prepared for a crucial season for Tar Heel football in terms of the overall direction of this program. On the basketball side of things, still a little bit quiet at this point, but the team is uh, not that far from getting it revved up and ready to go. Unfortunately, the blue-white scrimmage that they had a year ago, they were hoping to have that again this year. That has been canceled. If you guys did not know that, uh, that scrimmage is off. They are not having that due to uh, certain NIL issues. I know it's shocking that the NCAA doesn't have everything together on these types of things, but alas, here we are. And, uh, you know, that, that scrimmage, which was expected to take place uh, after the home opener against App State, is off. That is no longer going to take place. But uh, Carolina, of course, will have an exhibition to begin the sea uh, before the season against St. Augustine's University, and then they will circle around and get the season rolling against Radford uh, to begin the year at home. Um, so uh, we'll have you covered all the way up until that, and then of course through the season, Josh will take you through that uh, over there on the website and on the Four Corners podcast. So that's going to wrap it up for this edition of the podcast. Want to thank Josh for hosting with me. Want to thank you guys for listening. And as always, go Target. Hey guys, Anthony here. Want to thank you guys for listening to this edition of the Heel Tough Blog Podcast. If you could, make sure you head over to wherever you listen to your podcast, find out where you can rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast, and go ahead and do that for us. The rating and reviewing, that helps us to move up some of those rankings, and the subscribing, that is for you, so you don't miss any editions of the podcast coming up. We look forward to you being a part of the Heel Tough Blog Podcast family moving forward, and thank you once again for listening to this edition.